0: Good morning, Journey Church, and all of our guests who are sharing with us. I want to welcome you to our service this morning. Uh, Kind of a dreary day outside, but goodness, uh, the Lord is shining bright in our hearts, and we are together in worship. So, uh, welcome everyone to our time together. I have a question for you this morning, and that question is Do you ever worry? Do you ever worry? I think probably all of us could probably say yes. At some point, we worry a little more than we should. And to be honest, there is a lot to be concerned about and a lot to be a little bit anxious about in life, right? I mean, everyday life, we have these issues that come up. We have issues in our jobs. We have issues with money, with our kids, with marriage, in our health, our family. All those issues are there all the time. And then we get this thrown in, which seems to magnify everything else. It just adds concerns about getting sick and concerns about our job Uh, our our business, will that survive? Will the industry that we work in, uh, how will it survive? Will uh, will we be able to homeschool our kids? Now, how do you homeschool your kids while you're trying to work at home yourself? And questions like, what do we do with our kids if you do have to go to work? Questions like, is it safe to go and shop in the store? Are we ever going to be able to hug and greet each other like we did before? And the big question is, will things ever be normal again? There's a lot to worry about, right? You know, we're several weeks into this whole thing and hopefully we're hopefully we're going to see some light at the end of the tunnel and come out of it soon. But we know that faith is a big part of surviving this. And last week we talked about faith and how that our faith is what will keep us afloat when the world seems to be coming apart. Look to the book of James and look to the, the first chapter primarily and compiled a formula for getting through hard times with faith, and we said that when trials come, and they always do, we have to choose how we're going to respond, and our choice should be to endure and to overcome, but the only way we can do that is to pray for wisdom, and if we do so, God will give us wisdom generously. He never gets tired of giving it to us, and if we receive the wisdom of God, we'll be made complete or made whole. But then we also have to say, you know what? Times like this can impact us very deeply. And in the midst of these times, we can worry, regardless of whether it's a moment like this or whether it's a small crisis that we've had. In fact, in the past, looking at today, many of our crises seem to be very small. We thought they were great then, but they were nothing like this, right? And life has a way of just coming at us all the time. How do we deal with life in the middle of that? How do we deal with worry? Well, I've got great news for you, because the Bible is good news, and Jesus tells us how to deal with that. Today, we're going to be looking at the book of uh, Mark—excuse me, the book of Matthew chapter 5, and this is going to record the words of Jesus when He speaks directly to us today about worry. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I believe those are wise words that we all need to hear about now. But Jesus' counsel, in fact, even beyond his counsel, his command is do not worry. Do not worry. And you know, some of us are worse at worrying than others, right? But all of us just assume that with all that's going on in our world today, it would only be natural. We can't help but worry. It is a normal, almost instinctual thing for us to do. But Jesus is saying to us, worrying is a sin. And like all sin, it is a choice that we make either to give in or to resist. What I've discovered is that for many of us, worrying is a habit that we cling to in spite of Jesus' words. We know what he says, and yet we do it anyway, like many of our sin, and also in spite of how miserable it actually makes us. And you know, it just seems like we can't let it go. It's a natural, instinctive thing. But you know, Jesus speaks to that. He knows this very well. And He speaks to us, and He gives us three very specific reasons as to why we should never worry. Let's look at them. They're really, really practical here. The first thing that Jesus says in the Scripture is that worrying accomplishes absolutely nothing. It accomplishes nothing. Jesus asked the question, can all of your worries— add a single moment to your life? And the answer is no, very obviously. In fact, studies show us that worrying actually can shorten your life. We'll talk about the health problems in just a few moments, but it certainly doesn't add anything to your life. Why would you spend time worrying about something when worry achieves nothing at all? It doesn't solve the problem. It is meaningless and unproductive. In fact, it cures nothing, it adds nothing, it solves nothing. It gains nothing, it restores nothing, it heals nothing. In fact, worry only does one thing, it makes things worse. It only makes things worse. Because oftentimes our words and the actions that we do in response to our worry just complicates and even worsens things. Certainly in our mind, but maybe overall as well. You know, I heard many years ago that 95% of the things that we worry about never really happen. I don't think there's any way to prove that statistic, but I, I really believe that. I think it's true. I know in my life, I have worried about things that were unrealistic that never really came to pass. And I've also discovered that worry has a way of stealing our peace. It wears us out physically, and it can even make us sick. It can cripple our lives and also the lives of other people as well. Parents remember that you have little children, or children of some age probably, who are watching you, and sometimes we even teach our children to worry because of our worry, and they in turn, they may worry more than we do, but they complicate, they, we complicate their lives as well. Worry has a way of adding size and power and scope and weight to things that might not even be real or things that are certainly out of our control. Dr. Charles Mayo of the Mayo Clinic once said, worry affects the circulation system the heart the glands and the whole nervous system i have never met a man or known of a man to die of overwork but i have known a lot who died of worry and i want to tell you that is uh, is a good reminder to us that worry only takes away from our life it 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 has a way of controlling us the greek word for worry meant to be pulled or torn apart and just think about that mental picture of how we, we dissect things and worry about little things and we tear them apart, but it also has the idea of us being torn apart as well. And the English word means to strangle or to choke. Now, I think that is really interesting for me personally because that coincides with my own symptoms of stress or worry. Because for all of my adult life, I, I've had this issue of, of worrying, I have to admit that and some physical symptoms that come along with it. I remember as a young teenager, or a, a late teenager, of worrying about a job that I was working that I was very unhappy at. And then later on as a young minister at the very church, first church I served, I had the very same symptoms. And the symptoms were the inability to draw a deep breath, that I felt like I was being strangled. I was, was being kind of uh, held down. Something was sitting on, on my chest. And it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, back then, my mother-in-law lived up north, and uh, there was an Amish doctor. Uh, Actually, he wasn't a doctor. He was a practitioner. He was practicing medicine, but couldn't call himself a doctor. And so uh, one day I was up there, and she said, I have an appointment for for you to go see this Amish practitioner, and he'll tell you what's wrong with you. Everybody goes to see him. So I went out to this farm, and I I met this uh, Amish doctor, just a super nice guy. But I didn't tell him what was wrong with me, and he started looking at my eyes, and he had an eye chart, and he started all these pressure points all over my body. It was really interesting uh, that he was doing. And finally, he, he diagnosed, and he said, you're having trouble breathing, aren't you? Now, probably he just listened to me and noticed that I wasn't breathing so well. I was, I was a little bit stressed at that moment, to be honest with you. But he diagnosed me with that and he said uh, you have a blockage of some sort uh, to your breathing well that terrified me because I was thinking tumor cancer everything else and and uh, but he said I can help you and so he uh, uh, sold me some herbs and uh, vitamins and he did that by taking my arm and he put it in my hand and then he, he would pull against me and he said that that won't do you any good and he'll tuck it in and then he pulled against another bodily, said, no, that's going to help you. And so anyway, my, my mother-in-law actually bought everything for me that day. Uh, but I went to a doctor, and the, my ENT said, no, you don't have any blockage in your, in your breathing. What you have is stress. And I've noticed, to be honest with you, in the stressful times of my life, those symptoms come back, that choking theory, uh, feeling. And I have to admit, I've felt some of those symptoms the last few weeks. In the first few weeks, I thought, oh, no, I've got the virus. And then I thought, no, wait a minute. This is how I respond when I'm under some stress. And guys, this is why God doesn't want us to worry about things. It hurts us, and it doesn't accomplish anything. The second reason we shouldn't worry is that God cares. God cares about our problems, our concerns. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon, all of his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? I was thinking, is there anything more carefree than a bird? I mean, they swoop and soar. Uh, You know, some of them just kind of catch the currents, they just float up in the air. So carefree in life. They're not concerned about anything. They're just grabbing what they can find here and there. They don't plan about lunch or dinner. If they see something, you know, or they're on the hunt, they'll eat it, you know, and and God provides for them. They don't plant or tend a garden, don't have any concern about that. When they get ready to make a nest, they'll just pick up nesting material anywhere they can find it, strings and grass and sticks, you know. In fact, I was reading last night that they can build a, met, a nest in 20 minutes. Birds are so carefree, God cares for them. And yet, God knows when one falls from the air. Yesterday, I was walking across our, our lane. I looked, and there was a bird. Didn't seem to have had any injury or anything. I just assumed that the bird fell. And what went through my mind is that God knew that. God knew that. He cared about that bird, and He knew whenever it fell. And flowers, you know, flowers don't shop for clothes, do they? God just provides this brilliant and beautiful clothes for them. They don't worry like you and I do about clothes. They don't go to the closet and go looking at all their clothes and say, I don't have a thing to wear. Clothes, you know, flowers don't do that. God provides for them. But here's what Jesus is trying to say here is that you matter to God more than all these things. God's going to take care of you. He knows what you're going through right now. And He genuinely, passionately cares for you personally And whatever you've been worried about, whatever has been troubling you, God knows, and God wants you to stop worrying about that right now. I believe that with all my heart. That's what Jesus said, don't worry. But you know what? Some advice, I'm going to share with you some advice from, I believe, is the world's foremost psychologist. He's a guy that people have listened to for years and years and is acknowledged as an authority, but he has some great advice about worrying, and his name is Bob Newhart, so take a moment and listen to Bob Newhart.
1: That you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I just I start thinking about being buried alive and I begin to panic. Has 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 anyone ever ever tried to to bury you alive in a box? No, no, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house anything boxy <laughs> So what what you're saying is you uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes yes, that's it. <laughs> All right well uh, let's go Catherine I'm uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now I, I want you to listen to them very very carefully then I want you to take them. Out of the office with you and incorporate them in into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most we find most people can uh, can remember them. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you ready? Yes. Okay. Here they are. Stop it! <laughs> I'm sorry? Stop it! Stop it? Yes. S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So, I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you you... You don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. Yes. Yeah, then stop it. I, I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since
0: no, no, no. All right, there's the best advice I've ever heard. Just stop it, you know? If we can incorporate that into our life, not because Bob Newhart said it, but because Jesus said, stop worrying because God has got it. You know, you look around you today, you look at all of creation, you look at the birds and the flowers, the animals, God takes care of them. They don't overly plan or worry about things. And if God will take care of these minor creations that have a very short life, don't you think that God will take care of you, the one He created to be in relationship with, the one He longs to be with in eternity forever? I mean, obviously we have more abilities and we have more responsibility than plants and animals, and we should do what we can do on our part. But you think that God's gonna abandon you in your time of need? And if so, then maybe you just don't know him well enough. In fact, I think that's the problem that Jesus points to, because Jesus ties worry with the lack of faith. And he asks him, why do you have so little faith? So don't worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what, what, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Who do the who should worry or who does worry about the things they don't have or think they, they may need? That's people who are not believers. Can we just be honest and say that worry is, is functional atheism? It really is saying we believe in God and yet not living like we believe in God and that God will care for us. If we don't believe what God says and that God cares and God will provide for us, then it's a form of functional atheism. And you know that frustrates God and maybe even angers God. Let me kind of illustrate it like this. Would you want or would you like to hear one of your children constantly doubt your love and care for them? I mean, you provide for them and you give them everything that they need and most of what they want. And yet, they're constantly whining about, you don't care for them, and you're not going to, you know, take care of them. I mean, you're doing everything for them. That would frustrate, probably anger us as parents. We don't want to hear that when we're doing our best for those that we care for. Now, granted, it may not be everything we want in life, but it really is for sure everything that we need in life. And So, understand that we shouldn't worry because God's got it. The third reason we shouldn't worry is God is trustworthy. God is truly trustworthy completely. In fact, here's Jesus' solution to worry. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, what does that imply? I I think there's some conditional requirements here. First of all, is that we are to seek the kingdom of God above everything else. And you know what? This may be our problem, because when we put other things before God's kingdom, it is no wonder that we worry. When other things become a priority greater than the kingdom of God, then we have a lot to worry and wonder about. Our priorities are all mixed up. We put God and His agenda for your life above everything else. Seek the kingdom first, and then secondly, live in a way that pleases God. And this is not just a passive way of living to say, yes, I believe in God, but it's actively putting God first and following His principles and living like He wants you to live. You know, if we were to live our lives like this in a way to please God, we would have a lot less to worry about. If, if a couple were to live their marriage yet in a way that honors God and obedient to God, they wouldn't have the worries of, of a marriage of problems. If you were to use your money like God said, I believe God is faithful to care for you. If you were to treat your neighbor as you should, then you wouldn't have to worry about conflict with your neighbor. So if we put the kingdom of God first, and then we live in a way that pleases Him, then we don't have to worry because we will be given all that we need. Notice the premise, the promise, is not that we get everything we want, and there also has to be an element of contentment here, but God said that He will provide. Notice also that God doesn't promise to take away whatever it is we're worried about. God doesn't say, I'm going to remove all your worries. He doesn't do that. In fact, He may intentionally lead them into your life and allow them to be there to see how you respond. But what He says is have faith. Faith is not just trusting God when things are going well, when all of our obstacles are removed, and and when you have all that you need and want. Faith is trusting God when things aren't going well, and you don't have all you need or want in life. That's what makes it faith. Faith. Because what we realize and see, it doesn't take a lot of faith to believe, does it? In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Unseen, unrealized, and yet we believe and yet we trust God. We trust God because He is completely trustworthy. You know, the past few weeks have really been tough on a lot of us. We've had to trust God because I think in one way we've come to realize how powerless we really are. How little we have control of. I think that has been the, the insight for me to say no one in my world could have imagined something like this could have happened, interrupted our life like it had, you know? And we have seen in many ways the worst thing that we believe could happen to someone. And that is death because there is a death rate that goes along uh, with, this, with this virus. And that's become a reality In fact, of this morning, well over 50,000 Americans have succumbed to this virus, in addition to other reasons that they passed away in the last few weeks. And so we know that death is a reality, maybe even to people that we know. You know, I don't want to be callous and unfeeling at all, but I want to say this, if you are a Christ follower, what what is so bad about death? The reality is that we're all going to die of something someday. No one wants to die today or anytime soon, but we're all going to die of something someday. And if you are a Christian, when you die, you will be with Jesus in paradise. The Bible promises us that. And everything that you have worried about in life will be meaningless. One day in heaven, we're going to look back and see how minimal things were that we made huge in our life. We're going to acknowledge just how little they really matter, and we're going to be with Jesus forever. If you are a Christian, when you die, you're going to have peace forever, and you're not going to worry anymore, and you're not going to fear, and you're not going to have any sadness. So if the worst thing that could happen to us is death, and, and, uh, and, and that's been overcome if you are a Christian, that puts things in perspective a little bit. Now, I, I know all of us, when we think about death, we worry about our family, right? Right? but isn't that something that you can trust God with as well? Because God loves your family more than you do. If that would be possible, he does. He loves them more than you. So you would be with God and he would care for your family while you're gone. So if God's going to take everything, care of everything we need here, death is nothing to worry about. And what happens after we're gone is nothing to worry about. I mean, that put things in perspective. Is there anything else that you're worried about? I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just trying to make sense of it and to help us all think it through here. And to help us put worry in its place. Because we all need to put worry out of our minds and hearts. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in insurance. I think it's important to, to recognize that stuff happens every day, right? We all know the importance of having insurance, health insurance. Disability, life, auto insurance, we hate paying the bills, but it's smart to have it, right? Because things happen on a daily basis. But what I've discovered is that having an insurance policy doesn't prevent those things from happening, really. doesn't prevent them, it's just a way to prepare for them. An insurance policy assures you that while you can't prevent a crisis, you have done everything you can to prepare, and then you can let go of the worry, so, if you worry about your family having money after you die, you need to have insurance to guarantee that they do, do, right? I mean, that only makes sense. That's just smart planning, right? That's being wise. And then, whenever you have taken care of preparations, then there's nothing more you really should worry about. I would encourage you to have insurance, but also remember that ultimately God's in control. And if you are in Christ, you have the ultimate insurance policy. If you're seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness, and you're living in a way that pleases Him, and you're depending on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you need to let go of your worry, because you are insured. You're insured. You're okay. You have done, you have made the preparation, and you can stop worrying because God's got it now. And no matter what happened, no matter whatever you face in life, God will give you everything that you need. Again, he promises, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So I would say that if you are a believer, you should not worry. None of us should worry if we are seeking first the kingdom of God. But I'm going to say this as well, But if you, that if you are not currently seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, then you are truly in a dangerous place. And there is no wonder that you are worrying. There is no doubt that you worry. In fact, if you stubbornly decide to stay where you are, you should worry. You would be the only person I would advise that you should worry because you have a lot to worry about. But then I will also quickly say that you shouldn't worry at all because all that you have to do is surrender your life to Jesus Christ and respond to His invitation to follow Him, to begin seeking and following Christ and serving God, and you will be in a safe place in Him. You know, the Bible tells us how to escape the worry of life. It tells us that we are to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that we are to repent of our sins, confess Him as Lord and Savior, and be baptized. And let me just say this, this virus can prevent us from doing some things, but it cannot keep us from letting that happen in our life and making that decision. In fact, I would say that this whole thing would be the best thing that would ever happen to your life if that were to be the result that would come from this time. That if God were to move in your life, you out of your selfish life or self-lived life or your, your life independent from God, if He were to make you be so concerned and think about death or think about sickness or think about your family or whatever it might be, that you would give your life to Him, that would make all this worth it. If one person were to give their life to Christ, this would make this world crisis worth it. I know that sounds weird, but in the big picture of eternity, that's what it's all about. So, would you be that one person? Would you be that person who gives their life to Christ in response to what you're learning through this time? And the virus cannot prevent that from happening, but I want you today, I want you to reach out to me or one of our staff if you are making that decision God can touch you right where you are and move you to, con- to, uh, to conform to His will, but you also need to share that with someone else. You need to share that with someone who can talk with you, who can help you pray, who can help you uh, share in your confession of faith, talk about what repentance looks like in your life, and help you take the next step of baptism. And you know, we can do that. We can do that in a socially acceptable way. So that when nobody gets sick, everybody can stay healthy. But this is the most important thing that could happen in your life. And I would encourage you, if that's what's on your heart, to reach out to one of us so that we can walk you through that.